0: Welcome to Category Five Technology TV. This is episode number five thirty-nine, and tonight, got a viewer question extravaganza. We've been gathering up all your questions, putting them in a bag, and tonight we're we're dumping it on the floor and reading every last one.
1: Every single one of
0: them. So good. (laughs) We're going to be looking also at a a device that we looked at, a 1080p video player that connects to your TV through HDMI, optical, or RCA. We're going to answer your questions about that. We're going to demonstrate it. We're going to show you how it works, get a little bit more in-depth with that device because there are a lot of questions coming in on our YouTube channel about that one. So stick around. We've got lots for you. We'll see you in just a moment.
1: This is Category 5 Technology TV. are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs.
0: Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv.
2: Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here cat5.tv slash TPN, and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB.
0: Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. So nice to have you here this week. It's episode number 539. And over the past uh, several weeks, we have been demonstrating different 4K cameras. And tonight is the last one, our final 4K camera. And these are all sub-$2,000 cameras, but tonight we're looking at the hm No, the (laughs) GY-HM-170. All these things to get through my head. It's a JVC camera. It comes in a very less retail-ready pack to the ones that we've been looking at. There it is. Mm -hmm. Much larger box because it's a much larger professional camera. It's a GY-HM-170. Something that you need to know about the, the HM170 is that it is pretty much the identical camera to the HM200. The difference mainly these days is the fact that it does not have HDSDI output. So it is strictly HDMI output. Okay. So, and when I say these days, it's because when the HM170 first came out, it did not include the XLR uh, mounts, like oh, okay. the, the inputs. So it actually has two XLR inputs. It's a nice pro camera. Um, but now it comes with the XLR inputs as well. So it's essentially the same camera, but it doesn't have the SDI and it does not have the live web streaming Built into the camera through a USB dongle. Okay, Um, that's not part of this camera. So here in the studio, it's cool for us because we're going HDMI output into a Magewell capture card, anyways. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how we're doing it is an HDMI cable goes from the HM170 into the Magewell, uh, which is the XI100DE-HDMI-4K capture card because you've got to have something to plug it into if you want to do live streaming Mm -hmm. so if you think about you know maybe you want to broadcast church services business meetings uh maybe you want to do your own video show uh on youtube or or wherever this is a chance for you to see various 4k cameras Mm -hmm. From there, it goes into Telestream Wirecast 8.2. We did find that 8.2 handles the 4K cameras very nicely. Yes, it does. Version 7.x did not bring it in at the full 3840 by... Uh, whatever it is, the full 4K uh, mm-hmm. resolution. So 8.2 does it and works very, very well. So why does that matter to us here in the studio? Uh, because with the 4K camera we can do things like punch in uh, with zoom shots. With Telestream Wirecast I can, I can hit a button that says smooth and I can do a zoom like that. I can pan into Jeff. I can pan over to Sasha and get a nice smooth shot like that. So this is at 200%. So I've zoomed in 200% on that camera. Because it's 4K, I get really good quality quality uh, in comparison to like a 1080p camera Uh, so that's brilliant so again this is an opportunity for you if you are looking to broadcast uh, to see the quality difference between these four cameras what have we looked at so far we've looked at uh, we've looked at a panasonic camera we've Mm -hmm. looked at two sony cameras and they're all 4k and they're all sub two thousand dollars so it's Pretty amazing how the price point has come down. Yeah, technology is just mind-bending these days. So we can do a lot with very little budget. And uh, so if you're looking and you have some questions, make sure you get them into us. And uh, speaking of questions tonight,
1: <sighs> is viewer question extravaganza. <sighs> it is my favorite. Why thing is it your favorite? Too. I guess I just love the viewers.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: and <I laughs> it's always. our chance
0: to interact. And right? I
1: have lots of questions myself all the time, just running through my mind. And I just mm-hmm. love to hear that other people. So when the
0: questions come in, you're like, oh, yes, I would like to know this as well.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Uh, Just so you know, my name is Robbie.
1: I'm Sasha. And I'm Jeff.
0: And uh, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Our website is category5.tv. We've been doing this for, well, we're in our 11th season. There's a lot of uh, back episodes (laughs) to enjoy. 540 hours worth of HD video. Well, I guess not all HD because we brought out the HD like season 5, 6 or something like that. But you know what I mean. There's a lot of video content there. It's all tech-centric. We do have a Linux bias. And when we say that, we mean we love open source software. We love finding alternatives. alternatives so that hey you don't have to go out and spend a whole bunch of money if there's a free alternative out there or something that's available for you Mm -hmm. for a more economical price tag like the GNU image manipulation program as opposed to say Photoshop yes definitely a good example Um, so along that vein um, with the show here tonight we're going to be taking your questions we've got a lot of them Um, and Looking at those back episodes, they're available as BitTorrent files. Yes, right. you can download entire seasons of Category Five TV. Uh, so, not to move on before I touch on our torrent server, we had an issue this week, uh, and you may have heard of BitTorrent. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you hear BitTorrent, you think maybe you think illegal downloads, right? right. So,
1: sometimes you think that.
0: It's like it's like Cody. Like uh-huh. we're on Cody, and Cody has become. Um, a, a really great platform for both legitimate broadcasts like ours and
1: slightly less illegal <laughs>
0: content as well. So they they, they get it's this rep. So when you hear Cody, you think, "Oh, isn't that illegal?" Well, no, 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 no. Cody is a brilliant player, uh, but people have been using it for illegal purposes. Same right. thing with BitTorrent. It's a brilliant mechanism for distributing large amounts of data. In our case, seasons upon seasons of video content. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but doing it uh you know know. people people tend to use it for illegal purposes as well as you can imagine so it is is above board yeah it's not illegal (laughs) um and with category 5 technology tv of course we own the content and we want you to have it uh part of our entire goal and mission here is to create family-friendly content Mm -hmm. and give it away it's yours Take it, share it, watch it on the big screen. We don't need you to pay us. Um, It's all free. And BitTorrent allows you to download seasons 1 through 10 of Category 5 Technology TV, plus our other shows.
1: That's incredible. It's cool. Yeah. From webcam to
2: 4K. I know, right?
0: Here (laughs) we are. Um, So this week, as I mentioned, we had an issue. Yes. Mm -hmm. My seed server's drive failed.
2: No. Right. Kind of.
0: Okay. I was able to recover. It's cool now, right. but there were a few days where it was hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, the file system got corrupted because of uh, a, a little error on my part in the code. That said, when that happened, my my server for the torrents went down. Right, and that was a real wake up call for me when I said oh, now there are several seasons where there are zero seeds.
1: Because yours was the only.
0: Mine was the only one. So people right. would download from my server and then they would move it onto an external hard drive and right. turn off their seed or something like that. Right. Or maybe move the files onto another place and not seed it. So we've been encouraging folks like yourself to download the show using BitTorrent, but then leave it running. Seed it to other people. And what that means is that once you've downloaded the entire season, you, your computer or your device is now seeding sharing with all the other people in the future who want to download the season mm-hmm. so it helps us with the distribution mechanism and it helps other viewers to be able to find does that
1: shows. affect the performance of their computer not in any way would it
0: uh, it, it it can, but you can set up things like uh, like throttles. Okay. So you can tell it, I only want it to use this much of my bandwidth.
1: For oh, example. perfect. So then it's easy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Your program has access to those kind of settings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool because BitTorrent. If there are ten different people with, say, season five of Category Five Technology TV, and you go to download it by BitTorrent, it will download parts of it from all ten different people. Right. So no one person is sending you the season. Okay. It's 10 different people breaking up the data so you get it faster and those individual seeds do not have to provision the entire season it's it's broken up over several people Um, so it's a very cool mechanism so check it out it's torrent.category5.tv you can download any of our seasons there it's absolutely free it's absolutely legal And uh, we authorize you to download and share. Okay. So we've got to take a really quick break. When we come back, we've got a viewer question extravaganza. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) Jeff Weston. Yumma. You're building a brand new, beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? That's where acting comes into play. Oh, I
2: didn't know we were acting. You're supposed
0: to act. Okay, fair enough. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website?
2: Welcome back to Category 5 Technology TV. It is viewer question extravaganza! Yeah! So the whole point of tonight is that we are going to be answering viewer questions. We get a lot of them. Dealing with viewer comments. Get a lot of those. It's uh, pretty much the way we do the show. It's very interactive, and most nights we're just talking to you, uh, but tonight uh, you get to talk to us. Nice. Sort of.
0: Can I just explain a little bit about how this works? Because sometimes we've got interviews, we've got features, we've got all kinds of crazy stuff going on here on the show, and we don't always get a chance to dive into the chat room, dive into the mailbag, dive into YouTube comments. We have a mailbag? Yeah. Uh, It's live at category5.tv. Yeah, you can email, uh, you can send us snail mail. We've got an address right on our website uh, right at the bottom you can actually send us a postcard I just got stamps
2: this week I had to send out some what you bought stamps that's That's so old school I know
0: wow (laughs) the
2: guy's like would you like a roll of 10 or 100 I'm like I don't know what do I need
0: only person who email uh, who sends me snail mail anymore is Amazon was, and the bank, you well, know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's your credit card bill, Robbie, for all the Amazon purchases. <laughs>
2: uh, I know that pain. <laughs>
0: okay. Before we get into viewer questions, yes. we've got to mention Ubuntu 17.04 has reached end of life. <gasps> That means if you're running 17.04, it's time to upgrade, my babies. Pull the plug! you got to go to 17.10, or if you want to hang tight just a little bit longer, April is around the corner, and then we've got a new LTS long-term support release with uh, Ubuntu 18.04 come April. I know, right?
1: April's really close, like 13 weeks away.
0: You know what? I'm so glad that they use years and months as the designations for the because it sounds like i know my numbers i was just right. about to mention them. i know right no 18.04 means 2018 april. april april that's when it's coming out it's always april and october so that's how you figure out the ubuntu release cycle uh but the next one 18.04 is the next lts Shall we get into some viewer questions? Yeah, absolutely. And the way this works is you go onto our website, category5.tv, click on Contact Us. You can submit your questions for the show. When we uh, when we have a break like this, like tonight is awesome because mm-hmm. we don't have to do an interview. We don't have to do a feature or a particular review uh, other than, hey, you're watching us on a 4K camera from JVC. That's cool. And you look
2: very good, by the way. Oh, yeah. look at the follicles.
0: You can see <laughs> them in 4K. Um, but... All you, have to, this, this is, you know, all you have to do is send us your questions or comments, and this is that, that opportunity. Yeah. When we do have your question extravaganza.
1: This becomes your show.
0: That's it. And your we do gut. our best to help you out. All right. Who's going to take the first one?
1: I will. All right. Okay, Eternal. Sad. Eternal, yo. Eternal. Um what do you guys think about banana pi M3 I want to build a media server that runs ubuntu with plex media server and airsonic so jre-war-tomcat and possibly nas So what do you think about
0: that? I love that there are all different kinds of SBCs out there. Single board computers. These are like Raspberry Pis, Banana Pis. We've looked at the Odroid XU4 uh, in brief. The Banana Pi M3, I just want to bring it up on my computer, like just with a quick uh, Google search, banana-pi.org. How sweet is this? So they've brought out another board that is, this one is much more powerful. Um, what do we got? We've got EMMC support, two gigs of RAM. We've got uh, gigabit Ethernet. So this is pretty smashing. Now it is USB 2, I believe. Uh, here's what I need to look at. So we've got an octa-core 1.8 gigahertz, powerful CPU. Um, I don't really have my, it's so tough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to get your head around, and I don't have my head around GMIPS and the speed and how uh, a 1.8 gigahertz octa-core on the banana pie compares to a Raspberry Pi compares to an XU4. It's a tough thing. But right. you know who really gets it? Who? There is somebody in the Odroid forum named Maverick, and Maverick gets it and understands how this kind of stuff works. So I was looking at the Banana Pie, um, this M3, and it has a Cortex-A7. Uh, chip Mm -hmm. so we know that it's 1.8 gigahertz but we also know because of that chip it's 1.9 dmips per megahertz that's basically uh, uh, a speed that can be compared to other boards when we look at dmips we know that this is um, something we can compare one-to-one to to other boards as long as we're looking at that because you can't look at a two gigahertz computer and think oh that's faster than a 1.8 gigahertz computer because it's It's probably not not true
2: but most people would think that yes because they're like, oh, it's a bigger number, it must be faster.
0: Right, so the Banana Pi M3 has 1.9 DMIPS per megahertz per core. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's got eight cores. Nice. So we think that sounds great. It's got, you know, it's an octa core, it's brilliant. Right. And it does sound really smashing. It sounds pretty fantastic. I love that it's got eMMC. I also love that it does have built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, although I hate the the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on the Raspberry Pi 3. So do I. It's really poor. Um, We had that issue
2: with uh, the PlayStation controllers. Uh, with Bluetooth. Up, yeah.
0: Well, the early version of the firmware did have some major issues. Oh, yeah. So, updating the firmware did fix it. You've mm-hmm. encountered that on That's your right. your Raspberry Pi uh, Retro Pi. It yes. works really well now. Yes. Uh, but out, out of the box, when it first came out, it was bad. Mm-hmm. But the Wi-Fi, I have it... Um, directly one floor above where my router is. And I've got a very good router where with my phone, a G3, I can be anywhere in the house and I've got good signal. Um, I lose signal up there. And so watching a YouTube video, even in 720p, it will buffer. We need to turn it down sometimes to 144p. Useless. So saying that, I don't really like built-in Wi-Fi. I think it's, uh, you're spending money on it. I like the Odroid XU4 that it does not have those things mm-hmm. because I can always add a USB version, right. and I can add a better one. Um, so I don't use that as a selling point. What I look at is the processor, the RAM, and in this case, we've got 2 gigs of LD, uh, LPDDR3 RAM. That's cool. Um, looking at the processor, though, looking back at Maverick's um, knowledge and understanding how DMIPS per megahertz um, it allows us. To to compare other processors, the Raspberry Pi 3 has a Cortex A53, and that processor per core is in fact faster than the Banana Pi M3. Okay. And it's 2.3 DMIPS per megahertz. So when you look at that, per megahertz, it is faster than per megahertz the mm-hmm. uh, Banana Pi. Right. So then we look at the Odroid XU4 and we say, holy cow, it's 4.01 DMIPS per second, per, uh, per megabyte. Uh, megabit per second. <laughs> See, I can't even say <laughs> you it. Can't do it. <laughs> 4.01 on the XU4 versus 2.3 uh, on the Raspberry Pi 3 versus stepping it down to 1.9 on the Banana Pi M3. So we know then per megahertz, the Banana Pi 3 is the slowest. Correct. Of Correct. those three, the Raspberry Pi 3 per megahertz per core is in fact faster. Uh, now the Banana Pi has more cores, mm-hmm. right. so. Really, it's tough to gauge until we have all three of them all lined up and do stuff with them. Right. Because how do those extra cores impact the performance? Probably a lot. So even though it is a little bit slower as far as the per-core speed goes, it may be perceptively faster because there are more cores to work with.
1: So perhaps a good idea for a future episode of a compare and contrast. Yes, Right.
0: I love the idea. What do you think? Um, so, thinking back to your question about you know, using this for things like Plex and, and all that kind of stuff, I really think that you want to go where the power is. Right. Ra- but that said, Raspberry Pi 3 does do a pretty good job for a Plex media server, so I would think that the Banana Pi M3 would do very well.
2: And if in doubt, and you just don't understand the whole BMIPS thing? DMips. DMips. See, you don't even yeah.
0: You don't say it right, I don't say it right, yeah. we
2: don't even know. What do you like better, raspberry banana? Personally, I, I'm a What's your flavor? I, I like raspberry. Just Is get it both synthetic? A if, there was a cho- if there was a chocolate pie, I'd go for the chocolate <laughs> pie. It's like,
0: tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's really tough. You really got it. these are low priced boards. Absolutely, mm-hmm. buy a bunch of them. Yes. Yeah. Play, so, tinker. That's what they call it, tinker.
2: So we did the episode about the Odroid, and we called yeah. it the Raspberry Pi Killer. Did we? So, so could we turn? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody might have heard. I don't that once. remember that nobody's episode. Ever, refresh my memory. Can we now that? say that it's a banana killer. A banana killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like there's so. We'll just tick off a whole bunch more people. I
1: see. As far as names go, I kind of like the banana pie name better because I feel like there's so many things you could do with it. Like you could do a banana split, in which you like did a partition. You could put it in a little sling and have a banana hammock. Like you just <laughs> there's.
0: I said really? I didn't get it. She really I didn't get it. get it.
1: I'm just more like about the oh. punniness of it all. Oh, banana the pun, pie. The
0: pun. Thank you for the question. Appreciate that. And thanks also again to Maverick. <laughs> and, and if you want to chat with Maverick or other people, you know, get into the forums for these boards. Um, I'm speaking particularly of the Odroid XU4 forum because Maverick really helped me to right. kind of at least get my head around it a little bit mm-hmm. so that okay. I could understand why the XU4 is, uh, in fact, a lot faster than the Pi 3. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So, so I say that maybe the XU4 is going to be a lot more powerful. So... Maybe that's the one you want to try, and it is only fifty-four dollars, regardless of what YouTube says. It is, it is only fifty-four dollars. It's not a thousand dollars.
2: Now, speaking of the Odroid, we did yeah. have uh, a question from Nigel George. Hey, Nigel uh, George says hi. I saw the video about the Odroid XU4Q. Yeah, and was quite impressed. Uh, I'm sure. tempted to use one for a two-hard drive NAS for Plex. Yeah. But you reference that you use a 15-volt supply in the video, yet the website only lists uh, 5 volts, 6 amps as their maximum. Yeah. Could you help me understand the power requirements for such a system as demonstrated?
0: I'm going to see if I can actually... Do I have it with me, Jeff? I... No. Robbie just
2: walked off set.
0: I just walked off set and (laughs) left it all to Jeff, and that's okay. Um, I don't have the power supply handy, but I do have the Odoroid XU4 in the chassis that we built it in. Okay. So when I did that demonstration, I want to show you... um, Here is the Odroid XU4. Okay, that's the board. We showed you that on uh, on a previous episode. And you'll notice that the power input for that is completely blocked off by the case. That's because the case actually powers the Odroid XU4. Right. That said, it also powers two hard drives, a three-inch screen, and a backplane. And a fan. Right.
2: So that's where the higher... So it's the case itself that will give you the 15 volts.
0: No, it's the case that needs it.
2: R- right. right? But that's where you. So that's where the, the input
0: from. is. So you plug in the 15-volt the cable there, and it powers all this stuff. However, if you are only going to be working with an XU4 in a standard XU4 case, which looks more like a Raspberry Pi in, in that regard because it's just a tiny SPC, mm-hmm. then you would use the 5-volt input. Right. And it's just 5 volts. So there you have it. So that, you know, I hope that explains a little bit about the differentiation. Again, it falls down to this is the case that we chose to build it in. The case
2: needs more power because it's got a bunch of more stuff. And that's what I was going to say. I've noticed ever since we've done that episode that many people seem to confuse the case with the actual (laughs) unit. With the circuit board. I know, right? if you're watching this and you're like, oh my goodness, that O is so huge! Massive. No, not so much. That is the case. The board itself is small. That's and that little we thing. We even reviewed it, uh, did a, another comparison a few weeks ago. It has a slightly smaller footprint than the Raspberry Pi, except mm-hmm. for the heat sink fins, which do sit
0: high. On the Q model. Right. Yeah. Now, so, the non Q model has a little low, low profile yes, fan. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, really, the unit itself is quite small. Do not get confused by the big case. Because it needs to fit those hard yes. drives. Yeah. So. All right. That's the deal. Good times. Do we have any more questions? Oh, one or two.
0: Who's taking it? You
1: have I will. One. Oh, All right. Okay, Sasha. Okay. All right. So Brian with age. Brian. Brian.
0: Brian says. with age.
1: <laughs> with age. With that? With I don't know. Brian. I'm with gonna age? say with age. Bri- with Brian Oz? W. He All right. Says. Hey Brian. Hi, Robbie. I'm so happy to share this with you. Earlier this year, we spent part of our holidays in Trinidad.
0: Awesome. Nice. Oh, very warm. Very
1: could awesome. Could you
0: bring me some tamarind, my friend? <laughs> what? Best sauce. Best okay. sauce. Oh. It's the best sauce.
1: Also. Sorry. <laughs> While we were there, we met a young girl who was hearing impaired. She's been using hearing aids, but they were in need of repair, and her family could not afford to repair or get her new hearing aids. Oh, wow. So, I remembered the earbuds from your show and suggested that we try them. Long story short, she now has a pair of these earbuds, thanks to my brother in law and his wife, and they're working fantastic. Thank you to both yourself and Jeff for highlighting this product from your program.
0: So, that was the Jabeez earbuds. Let's get onto our website, category5.tv, and I'll show you our website and how it's really cool if you want to find stuff on our website. Um, Just hit search. Oh, nice shot there, Jeffy. What in the world (laughs) is that? That was just your face. What? It's just your face, oh man. Oh, my goodness. Change that. that? <laughs> it changes every four minutes. Oh. Uh, okay, so <laughs> that was first was of all, that uh, there's one cool feature of our website.
2: <laughs> oh, I am so mortified. Why do you think I
0: say don't pick your nose on the air?
2: Well, now that's I know! That's why you say no. it? Yeah, that's We exactly need a little <laughs> yeah. light that goes also, off in the studio just to let us know it's about to be updated. It's about to be updated? No, it's it? live,
0: buddy. Uh, okay, now, uh, when I click on search up at the top, did you see how I did that? There's a little search icon. Now, if I do a search for um, Jabez um, and hearing aid, let's see if that brings it up for us. It's really great search powered by Algolia, and Algolia does a, f- a phenomenal job of parsing all of the data of our many, many years of, uh, of episodes. Now, our internet connection here is a little slow, so uh, nor- you know, our website itself does not run slowly for, uh, for general users. I think it's just that we really wanted to see that that image for a little while there, Jeff.
2: Yeah, I was really waiting for you to switch the screen and get rid of that. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> let's see if I'm, I may have lost my connection here.
2: Uh,
0: LTE internet for broadcasting can be really rough. Yes. And it is. Yeah. Yep. See? Oh, it just it just skipped to your... <laughs> you're not connected. All right, let's Ooh. try that again. Now we're connected. Okay, there we go. The first result... Is Amp Sound the Bluetooth earbuds that help you hear better? And I love Jabee's product line. We've looked at their stuff. And uh, what's cool about the Amp Sound is that it is their Bluetooth earbuds mm-hmm. for listening to music, for taking phone calls with your phone, those kinds of things. But it also enhances your hearing. Yes. I love it. So
2: and they also came with the charge pack.
0: Yeah, Jabiz it, is notorious for yeah, that. Yes. Where you, When you put them in their case, they're charging. Yeah, I so love great. It.
2: I still have them mm-hmm. sitting at home, use them regularly. Yeah, it's awesome. And that was well, that was a while ago.
0: Very cool. And I want to say so thank 464. you. Sixty four. Four sixty four. Yeah, but just get onto our website if you want to learn more about those. The neat thing about it is hearing aids are very expensive. Right. <laughs> and here, you know, that's that's maybe the the story here is that. Um, this is a case where these are very economical mm-hmm. in comparison. They're they're borderline cheap. Yeah. As far as that goes, cost wise. So uh, quality wise, definitely not. They're excellent. But um, I, I really appreciate you sharing that story with us. Um, that's cool how you know something that we reviewed way back, four sixty-four was the episode. So we're going back to twenty sixteen August. Uh, wow. and that's still having an impact today in Trinidad of all places. I so love it. Thank you very much for sharing.
2: That's great. Jeff, you want to take the next one for us? Sure. Uh, okay, Janet757, really hey, Janet. quick, short one. All right. How can I tell what file system my Linux distro uses? For example, if it's ext4 or ext3.
0: So it, this, I would presume this is for a, an already installed Linux distro. So what I'm going to do is, you know, quick and simple, cheap and dirty way, I'm going to get into a, our terminal and I love using the Linux terminal, Um, there is a, uh, a command called lsbk, ls, or blk, So ls block, basically. And when you type that, it shows you all of your hard drives and peripherals that are uh, um, storage devices. And you'll notice that it doesn't tell you much about them other than I can see I'm using an LVM and, and so forth. And I can see the designation like SDA5, SDA2. I can see that that's my swap and those kinds of things. What's nice about lsblk is that you can give it command line options such as dash f for file system. And when you do that all of a sudden you get an enhanced edition that shows the fs type and so we can see now our sda5 is an lvm and it has ext4 and i've got an sda1 with ext2 and i can also see the mount point so that's my slash i can see that my main drive is ext4 um, so that's cool Thank you for the question. I hope you guys can see that okay. Uh, if not, uh, because it is pretty tiny on your screen, uh, just bring up your terminal on Linux and type lsblk space dash f. That'll answer your question. Thank you. Super simple. Sasha.
1: Yes.
2: Are you going out of order? Are we yeah, out of Yeah, that's
1: order? why I have to well, yeah, we frantically can't, Oh, okay. We kind of went off. out
2: of order because the Odroid question was coming up later, but it, we were right on topic, so I'm like... Pfft. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I've so
1: got that's why, it. up.
0: Yeah, you, no, that's great. No, I just we, was like, "Who's next? What? I don't even know." Because <laughs> I don't, I don't know these things if you don't tell me. Should we go back to the beginning? No, I'm, just keep going.
1: <laughs> Here we go from Old Salt. Hey, Old Salt. Um, I told you I got a new notebook. Well, it's an Acer Aspire E fifteen E five dash five five seven five. It's a bunch
0: of numbers, anyways. We got that much.
1: Okay. It so sounds what it is. great. So right. it has an Intel Core i I3- three dash. 7100U, which is 2.4 gigahertz, three megabytes, three L or L3 cache.
2: Uh, The cache. Yeah. Yeah, So before we move on, explain the L3 cache. Not everybody knows. L3
1: cache.
2: You explain it. No. Yes. Because
0: I don't know. Don't put me on the spot like that. (laughs) Your
2: processor
0: has a cache so that when it's doing stuff, it can it can store it temporarily in in uh, a, a space. Right. And then do more operations faster.
1: Okay. But so then there's more. Old Salt upgraded to a 12 gigabyte DDR4 RAM. Okay. As far as I know, this thing should be pretty fast, but it's not.
0: Okay. So let's just summarize here for those who are going what are all these numbers okay we've got a laptop that is an i3 so it's a a fairly modern intel processor that's pretty decent it's Mm -hmm. it's not super 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 it doesn't have hyper threading and virtualization technology but it's a good laptop Um, and he's added 12 gigabytes of ram so that should be pretty good Mm -hmm.
1: but it's still slower than a slug going across hot pavement
0: (laughs) how was it before you upgraded the ram my first thought is what's the RAM?
1: Okay, so the RAM is the 12 gigabytes DDR4. That's the size of it. doesn't tell us anything
0: about the performance of it. Oh,
1: okay. So, no matter what, I have tried. I can't seem to get any speed out of it. I've even formatted and reinstalled the OS without any increase in performance. Yes. Loading a program can take... It's variable, like one second to three minutes. Right? So, right now I'm running Windows 10 because it will not read any Linux I try to install. Any suggestions? I'm at a loss. My
0: first thought is that maybe, maybe, maybe we've got some RAM issues with that computer. Um, and that would be my, my thought, even if you hadn't upgraded the RAM. Mm-hmm. What I want you to try, Old Salt, is grab um, what's called MemTest 86+, and I believe that it comes with most Linux distros when you boot the disk, but let's do a quick search. 86+, plus live CD. That's what I want. Okay, MemTest 86+ dot com slash download what does this tell us purchase no we don't want to do that for free software uh windows downloads linux mac downloads image uh for creating a bootable cd now that uh, sounds Oldصل right.
2: Old Salt did say uh, running on Windows 10. So well,
0: he's running Windows 10 because he's tried to install Linux and it's...
1: And it won't.
0: ...having trouble. Right. So is it a Linux problem? No, probably not. But um, is it a hardware problem? Yeah, quite likely. Yeah. And uh, Windows may just not be exploiting that problem where Linux, for some reason or another, is. So with Memtest86+, you mm-hmm. build the uh, the live... ISO onto a USB flash drive. I would suggest using Etcher. Uh, Etcher is a tool that allows you to burn um, that ISO file to a USB flash drive and boot from that USB flash drive and let it run for three or four iterations. It will probably take overnight. So start it at 6 p.m., let it run until you get up in the morning and see if it tells you anything about your RAM being problematic. Right. Because if that RAM and, and maybe it's the RAM that you put in, maybe it's not compatible for some reason, maybe there's a problem with it, MemTest 86 Plus will tell you.
2: Well, and that I mean, as Sasha was reading this, I was thinking the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when they buy the RAM, they don't actually look at the speed of it. They're just like, oh, the Duty 4. That's well, great. true, yeah. And, and, and if you don't get the right speed... You could have problems just like this. No. Or
0: if they're not, if you've got two modules and they are different speeds between them. And just right. a quick mention, the Foo mentions in the chat room that the, uh, the that particular i3 does have um, the virtualization technology, just to correct myself.
2: Oh, okay. Thank you, the Foo. Good to know. Yeah. But one of the other things that, that I'm noticing about this is that yeah. it will not even read the Linux. Um, I'm assuming it's from a, a disk, I'm guessing, but it says okay. uh, running Windows 10 because it will not read my Linux when I try to install. So... Is that an ISO issue, possibly? Like if maybe it's on a USB and the ISO is mm. not running properly,
0: that could be. A, yeah, it's a good. Good point, Jeff. Is that there's a couple issues in this? It could be a bad USB drive, and you yeah. keep you, maybe you keep flashing to the same USB drive.
2: Um, Have you checked your boot sequence, just to make sure that wherever you're getting your Linux from? that your boot sequence pulls from that before loading the OS. Check that too.
0: Yeah, but I think he's gotten that far because he is mentioning that it's slow. Yeah. And he's getting to loading applications, and it's slow. Yeah. So, old salt, I hope that we've hit on some stuff that helps. Uh, I would suggest checking the memory. uh, Try a different USB flash drive, as Jeff suggests. Maybe that flash drive is problematic, and maybe that's part of the problem.
2: Uh, It could be. So
0: you're installing Linux from a damaged flash drive. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, happen. also the fact that it's a, you've purchased this new. I'm going to assume by new, you mean still under the warranty period. So maybe there's just something wonky with the system itself and you need to get it replaced.
0: I don't but, know. I
2: mean,
0: MemTest86 will tell you yeah. about the RAM. Right. And, if, and he put the RAM in. So we know that that is not the stock RAM that came with it. Correct. So we already have, can, you know, if, we, if, if it is the RAM, put back in the original RAM and see if that fixes it. Mm-hmm. And if it does, then you know that it's bad RAM. Right. Hmm. Or Could incompatible be simple. RAM. Could be. Well, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Lots of variables there, my friend.
2: Let us know what you find out. Let yes. Let us know if this helps. We'd love to know. Uh, because it's good for us to report back and say, hey, remember that episode where we were talking about Old Soul? We fixed it. Or you fixed I it. I
0: hope to hear that. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, my friend. Sasha, Okay. you have another one for us?
1: Certainly. All right. The Albuquerque Turkey. Albuquerque Turkey. Woo!
2: Hey, gobbly,
0: gobbly, gobbly.
1: Happy New Year, Robbie, and family and Category 5 crew.
0: Cheers. You too, man.
1: I've been struggling with a new Roco Gizmo for months, and I'm in the midst of the... Conti- of the continuing struggle they asked me to try some oh is this going to be a wrap again is this
0: going to turn into a wrap
1: oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> remember that
2: i remember that oh my gosh
1: so fine it's not like today's a holiday or anything okay so this must have been written on january 1st connected to a tv i don't intend to use the new roku with it actually started up and seems to operate getting it out of 720p mode and into 1080p mode is what i've been struggling with mostly so okay. it came up on my older TV which is 720 only. I gathered all the data and Roku Wizards asked all the data Roku the Roku Wizards asked for and then tested a few streams. Same stuff I use on my older Roku gizmos and it was just fine. Mm-hmm. Then I noticed Cat 5 on my Roku home screen brought I brought up the 27th of December. Yes, we're on Roku. If you have
0: a Roku, yeah. do a quick search for category 5.
1: So, I brought up the 27th of December episode. Okay. Wow. I always watch on my computer monitor, but on Roku, it looks great. Nice. Yes, I'm amazed. I wonder what it might look like on my other TV. I wondered how that Panasonic 4K camera with the L- Leica lens? Leica? Leica? Leica, Leica lens? That's what I
0: say anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: Could make such a difference. Leica. <laughs> um, then I realized the Watch Now stream might not be 1080p. My computer monitor is, but the video um, is less than half the screen, and you never, you never know when there's an opportunity to chime in on the chat room. I have no idea whether Roku somehow knows what my output Put devices capable of might they just adjust the download speed automatically. If so, do I see why do I see such a fantastic high resolution? Mm. I could have seen the individual hairs on your head. Well, I didn't, but in theory I could have, I think.
2: <laughs> burn. <laughs> finishing with a burn. <laughs> Get out of here, you jerk. Okay, <laughs> so all of that all of that to say this has really just come down to why is one TV different than the other? And
0: Roku versus just, web and, and yeah, so yeah. on and so forth. Uh, and, and I heard something there about when you watched it on Roku, it was high res. Does it detect does my it detect? system? And right. yes, you've heard us say on the show HLS. You've heard that a couple times. What right. it is is it's called um, adaptive bit rate. So, as you connect to different devices with different internet connections, and if whatever is supported, uh, HLS will stream to you the best possible quality. Now, our Roku channel, unlike our now our Plex channel, we did. Uh, upgrade it to HLS as well Um, but the old version of Plex you had to select whether it be HD or SD and it is what it is right Um, with Roku it will give you the adaptive bit rate the best possible quality that your system is capable of so if you have a 1080p TV with a good internet connection it will give you a full 1080p source Mm -hmm. and it's automatic if you plug it into a 720p TV, it will automatically scale down to the 720p source so that you're actually downloading from our server or streaming from our server the 720p file. Right. And then the instant you switch over to a 1080p camera, uh, TV, it will automatically stream the, um, the 1080p. Or takes it
1: takes hassle out of everything.
0: Yeah, or if your internet goes slow, it will scale down to 320p uh-huh. automatically. And this happens on the fly. That's part of our Roku channel. It's a cool feature.
2: Now, okay, so when it comes to the Roku, because I have a Roku yeah. at home, I wanted to test out just how adaptive is this. Yeah. And we have um, a receiver at home for our sound system to run through, and we could run our, nice. our all of our cables into it, and then everything attached to the TV. It crapped out on us. Your receiver? Yes. So no audio? Uh, No, no audio. Nice. So we've moved it from that, but it was only 720p, and right. we moved... Directly now.
0: Your receiver. It was going through the receiver, and the receiver was 720p, so it was downscaling. That's right. right. So ah, we've okay. moved
2: it into the back of our TV now through 1080p. Interesting. And Do you remember just, you had a similar issue? And yeah. just switching the cables, I'm going, wow, it's the same Roku device. Yeah. It's the same TV, but because we're not. By, we're bypassing the, the 720. When you right. go up to that 1080, it really does make a difference. Yeah, and
0: do you remember when I came over to help set up the gaming system? Yes. Her gaming system was set up for 4K output, mm-hmm. um, but it was going through the receiver. And we didn't realize, but it was plugged into, do you remember?
1: I can't remember. what. what which one was it? DVD. DVD. DVD input. And DVD is 480p. a 480p. Exactly.
0: So it was downscaling to 480p. Oh.
1: And it was not working. So then we <laughs> moved that. it from
0: DVD input over to 4K input. And
1: Bam. Blown beautiful. away. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yes. So that's like when it's going through other devices, it has an impact on the quality because it will detect the resolution of those devices. <laughs> and
1: it's mm-hmm. going like, man, cool this is computer. Is I don't know. <laughs> Why
0: is the icon this big? <laughs> Listen, we've got to take a really quick break. And when we come back, we've got more of your viewer questions, comments. Stick around. You've got mad skills, now hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda. Learn software, technology, creative and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash Linda. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and it's episode number 539, our viewer question extravaganza. If you haven't had a chance to get your questions in, head on over to our website, category5.tv, and click on Contact Us. That's how you do it.
2: Jeff, you got more for me, buddy? I do. Okay, right. so a while ago, we reviewed the AGP Tech Mini HD Media Player. Uh, yes. You can find it at cat5.tv slash Tech T-E-K, not T-E-C-H. Okay. So we had a couple of comments, questions about it. Uh, So I'm going to run through a few of them quickly. Feel that.
1: Very cool.
0: Very cool indeed. (laughs) It's cold because it's got a metal body.
1: Very cool. Just
0: throwing that out there. Okay, what's our... our, So the first one... This is a cool device. Check out that video. Uh, Again, go onto our website, category5.tv. Do a search for A-G-P-T-E-K. And that will bring up that. uh, Or go to cat5.tv slash Tech. It is cool.
2: All right. So... Edward asks, hey, Edward. how long does it take for the devices to boot to the home screen once powered on?
0: There's only one way to answer that. Power it on. I can't give a smart Alec response now <laughs> that you said that. <laughs> they stole that one right for there. Some, <laughs> for some reason, it matters to a lot of folks, uh, including Edward, and it's valid, I guess. How long does this device take to boot up? That's the question. So if I switch over to this source here, you see nothing because I haven't got it plugged in. Um, So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to plug in HDMI here to our broadcast rig. And you see that the only other cable that I have is power, which comes with the AGP tech device. So I'm going to switch screens there. And I'm going to tell you as soon as I plug it in. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Plugged. And it's in. And boot up time is... Seconds.
1: Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. What do you think?
0: Four seconds? Like four seconds? seconds? Yeah.
2: yeah. So, very, very quick. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the very, very random question. <laughs> all right. Uh, Joven2040 uh, has a comment. It's not compatible to all televisions, not 720p TVs, apparently.
0: Uh, in fact, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but you do... See, here's the thing. If you configure it to be 1080p or 1080i and then unplug it and plug it into a 720p TV... That makes sense. It's not going to work because it's running in 1080p, and your computer, or your TV is not going to be able to handle it. So, first of all, best thing to do is plug it into a 1080p computer or um, screen of some sort. TV, go into setting.
2: Is the, sorry, quick question: the 1080p yeah. is that the default setting?
0: No, I've, I, you know, I can't recall because I've messed with it so much. I think okay. the 720p was, was 720? the default. Okay, um, but it's possible, I guess. I mean. Who really, you know, there's well, no... I'm just
2: thinking if, if your TV's... If you're trying to load it if when you, you,
0: If that's the first device you plug it yeah, into. Just yeah, be aware of that. Yeah. So if you're not able to do it, plugging it into a 720p uh, TV, then this would probably be why. So you go down to video output mode using... And I'm just using a wireless controller that comes with it, okay? Um, and, and here you'll see that it's got PAL NTSC, uh, and then we've got 720p at 60 hertz... 720p at 50 hertz so that would be like uh the uk versus the united states and canada uk at 1080p and 1080p for united states and canada at 60 hertz that has to do with the power rating uh, of our of our power so that's why pbpr different spec what i want is uh that's that's the because it's got um optical output it's got um it's got the rca output So And then it's got HDMI. Now, we're using HDMI, so I want to actually scroll down to the HDMI output options. Currently, I've got it set to 60 hertz uh, at 720p, and I can go up to 1080p, uh, 24, 50, or 60 hertz. So the options are there. But if you have it currently set to 1080p, 60 hertz, and you plug it into a 720p, uh, 60 hertz TV, or 50 hertz TV, it's not going to work. So you need to first configure that on a... Probably a 1080p TV, and then plug it into that lesser device. That would right. fix it for you.
2: Okay. Uh, so another question from Santiago Benitez. Hey, Santiago. Uh, says yes to something. Yes. Not just, yes, <laughs> yes. Nailed it. <laughs> but will it play the latest H.265 file type?
0: Will it play H.265?
2: Oh, look at that. You're prepared.
0: Well, this is my little micro SD to SD card adapter. I'm going to just plug in my SD card here, which just goes into the side. And boom. And then on my navigation here, I'm going to go back to the main menu. And you'll notice that if I go into movie and then smart card and then into that drive, I have three files. My original file. I've got a short one for loop and H.265 in three, two, one. No. Uh, Unfortunately, H.265 is, as we see here, not supported. H.264, though,
2: brilliant. Well, that's good. Yeah. No, could that just be a, a simple software update in the future? Or I don't know.
0: Um, if the company ever brings out firmware updates, maybe, but uh, H.265 would do better with a hardware decoder, so right. I think it would probably be a no-go for H.265. That said, much of our content is H.264. if that works for you. Great. And now we
2: know the answer. Cool. Mm-hmm. Next, that's it for the AGP questions.: That's it. I believe so. Uh, no, there's more. There no, I know more. there are more. Did you notice there I had other files? More. What do you got for me? Okay,
1: so Vanessa has a question. So Hi,
0: Vanessa. I knew you had a question for me. That's oh, right. Oh, Jeff, I Jeff see. Was, like, okay. Skipping over. So it was. Yep. Vanessa
1: has ordered one and wants to know um, how do you make the film loop? I press the mm. loop button, but a red cross shows, and then it plays the film once, and then it says it can't play the file. Okay. Uh, basically, it's just not looping. That's the main thing. And Vanessa needs it for an art exhibition.
0: Oh, we've got to get this thing loopy. Right. Let's get loopy. Let's get this loopy for you, (laughs) Vinny. All right. Let's jump over here. Uh, Notice, once again, I am prepared. And I think what's happening... So, you have this great remote control. And on this button is the repeat button. On on there is a button called repeat. And when I push it, I think that's what you're seeing. Right. See that? Oh, well, I'm pushing repeat and it's not not working. And then I'm going to push... Okay to play, and it's just gonna play once and then halt. Mm-hmm. So it's just the methodology behind it. Push okay first to play the video. Sasha uh, back on episode five ten ha! you'll remember. Now was while asking it's about playing. Can you guys hear me okay over that? <laughs> I'm gonna uh, you know what I'm just gonna turn it down. Oh my suggestion See if I can was, turn it down. You know, turn it down. Okay. Don't worry about that. Can't play. That's because it jumped over to the H.265. Okay. Sasha, I think I've got the sound. Uh, back on episode 510, you'll remember, was asking about what she should do uh, for yeah. a display okay. at her wedding. So now Ooh. that it's my playing, suggestion was, now I push that you know, repeat button. Sasha, uh, back on episode 510, you'll remember, Only was asking once, about push it again, what she should one. do. That means uh, for it's a going to at repeat this one video. Repeatedly. Mm -hmm. So let's see that it happens. This is a 10 second file that I created just for you, Vanessa. Um, Let's let it play. It'll be steampunked out and it'll be amazing. But really, when it comes to your special day, I'm like, just simplify. Yep. Been there, done that. I've filmed some weddings. And one of the
2: biggest Maybe. mistakes oh. people can make is... This is playing is longer than 10, 10 seconds. Things, <laughs> I was going to say, wow, you cannot
0: count. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I was playing the original file. Oh. Short for
2: loops. <laughs> Sasha,
0: okay. uh, back on Repeat. episode 510, you'll remember, Repeat. was asking about Repeat. what she only should only do once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Repeat for one. a display there. at Let's her see. wedding. Ooh. And my suggestion was, mm-hmm. you know what? Sasha, there goes. Uh, back on that. episode 510, you'll Good. remember, was asking about what she should do more than once for a display at her wedding. Ooh. And my suggestion was, you know, mm-hmm. Sasha, uh, oh, back I on do. episode it's five, like 10, remember
1: day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that ten seconds of my life just keeps playing over <laughs> and over and over again.
2: So if you're going to loop the videos, and given that it is for an art exhibit, you may want to just—if you saw there was a little bit of a, a flash, the way that it reset—have your video fade out and fade in for a nice smooth transition. Mm, yeah, that may help. Yeah, just so it looks more polished. Mm-hmm something to think about, but but it does work. So there you go. Fantastic.
0: There we go. So just don't do it on the menu. Do it on the video itself.
1: Would it be advantageous to rip DVDs at a higher res, or will it show 1080 automatically once you plug it in, asks Christine.
0: Well, if it is a higher resolution file, Christine, then the device is going to have to downscale. Mm -hmm. That's going to take more processor power, and therefore it's more likely to have something like buffering, or skipping, Mm -hmm. or mouths being out of sync. It can happen, and that's not the fault of this device, that's just the nature of uh, of players in general. Mm -hmm. So so because we know it's a 1080p um, device, I would say just rip to, d- directly to 1080p. That would be perfect. Um, mm-hmm. If you go any higher than that, then you ri- run the risk of, hey, it's downsampling from a 4K file. Um, I don't have a 4K file to test with, unfortunately, tonight. Uh, was not prepared. <laughs> and, uh, but that, that's what I would do. I would stick with 1080p. Okay. All right. It feels like, you know, I know that there are more questions. I know. But it feels like with the time that it is, that we really have to pay a little bit of homage to our biggest fans on YouTube. Oh.
2: Hello to our biggest fans on YouTube.
0: We know that they're our biggest fans because they comment. And thank you for your comments indeed. Horst Slemmer says, 20 times the size of a Raspberry Pi 3 dot, dot, dot. Go home, carrot, carrot.
2: Love those carrots. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit off on my size and currency measurements. Is size... A measurement of size or is size a currency?
0: Nobody knows. Okay, nobody good knows.
2: Know. Reese Wozniak
0: says a real Raspberry Pi killer in terms of spec over it price will be orange pie, but it's still the fact that it's lag of support that makes them die of really quickly. Thank you for the comments. I
1: feel like maybe that was Google Translate. <laughs> I hope. Could have been. Could have been. <laughs> I hope.
0: <laughs> Timma Town. Omga. What an annoying video. Stereotypes women. Factually incorrect and blatant lies if you know what you are talking about. Stupid hype music. J- dot, 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 dot. Just vomit, dot, dot, dot.
2: Vomit, vomit.
0: Rename the video Eight Ways to Kill a Human Soul."
2: You what? know, I I, I kind of feel like you missed the point. I give up. That's <laughs> it. I'm quitting YouTube. That's, wow. That's it.
0: No, <laughs> Gender stereotypes Why of women.
1: How? And how, how was that? that? What did? Oh, it?
0: that was the show where we dressed you dressed you up like a Barbie doll.
1: Oh, that's right. And I, I, I just remember now. And said nothing.
0: Yes, really? did I
1: serve? Did I serve you coffee or something? Like, oh, what yeah, and
0: all throughout day? the show, you were just bringing us, like, cookies and everything like, and ugh. sweeping what? behind us. and
1: Stereotypes? This. I don't... What? <laughs> Maybe... Okay, anyway, go on. Go on.
0: Decimus, okay. Vaporware. Utterbus. <laughs> Bram DeClerc says, What kind of cringy video is this? Gave me the creeps.
1: <laughs> Sorry about your creeps there, buddy. Thank
0: you for, uh, to all of our biggest fans on YouTube. We appreciate you taking the time to comment. And we know that you do it with the best intent because you love us. And we love you, too. Thanks vomit. for watching. Vomit, yeah. vomit. Vomit, vomit. Vomit. Dot, dot, vomit. dot. dot, dot, dot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> next up, Eight Ways to Kill the Human Soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's
0: next on Category 5. Oh. That's awesome.
2: All right. Sasha? It's all you, buddy. It's
1: all me. All All right. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. OnePlus has admitted that the clipboard app in a beta build of its Android OS was beaming back mystery data to a cloud service in China. Officials of the Federal Bureau of Investigation are continuing to voice their displeasure with Apple's approach to iPhone security, with one FBI official reportedly calling the company jerks and an evil genius. Tesla's solar roof tiles are going ahead with installations following their staff only trial period. And Apple is handing off Chinese iCloud iCloud operations to a local firm in February. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere.
0: Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching.
1: This is the Category 5.TV newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Someone calling themselves V1NC running the latest test version of OnePlus's Oreo-based operating system revealed in its support forums that unusual activity from the built-in clipboard manager had been detected by their firewall firewall tool upon closer inspection it was found that the app had been transmitting information to a block of IP addresses registered to Alibaba the Chinese e-commerce and cloud hosting giant while extra logging and telemetry are to be expected from beta software, the fact that data was being siphoned off without a warning from clipboard manag- the clipboard manager has raised eyebrows, leading some to fear that their copy-paste actions were being snooped on and to question the privacy protections on their OnePlus handsets. A rep for Oneplus told Android Police our Oneplus beta program is designed to test new features with a selection of of our community. This particular feature was intended for Hydrogen OS, our operating system for the China market. We will be updating our global Oxygen OS beta to remove this feature. This should not come as much of a shock to those who follow the China-based OnePlus. In October last year, researchers discovered that OnePlus handsets were collecting unusually detailed reports on user activities, though the manufacturer said at the time that it was only hoarding the data for internal analytics. One month later, however, it was discovered that some iPhones had been shipped with a developer kit left active, resulting in phones sporting a hidden back door. Today's desktop and mobile operating systems are gung-ho in phoning home information about their users, with Microsoft catching flack for Windows 10 telemetry in particular. OnePlus later expanded on their response saying, the experimental Hydrogen OS feature is designed specifically for the China Chinese market, where a unique competitive situation between two major web server- service providers had led some e-commerce web links being blocked. A workaround Developed by one of the parties involved sending a token so link sharing would function fully. We were testing a similar feature in the Hydrogen OS beta.
0: <laughs>
1: so Can
0: I just say? Yes. When you are found out that there is something sending private information to servers in China, the best answer is probably not, oh, that feature is for the Chinese market. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. right. So,
0: oh, yeah. The spying on you, that's, that's for China. That's for China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, does that mean there's two versions? Is I would that of one so? Eh? I mean, I mean it sounds yeah. like they've
0: got a, like a, an international version plus uh, Chinese a controlled Chinese by only. the government version. Yeah. yeah.
1: Sneaky spy version for mm. China.
0: Great feature wow. included with that one. Not That's, so much.
1: I, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to take this in. Um, All I know is it's spying on me. And it's sending them out to China.
1: Well, you would think, yeah, clipboard is one of those things. Clipboard?
0: What do you use your clipboard for? I often, maybe this is a bad thing. This
1: is a bad thing if you're going to say what I'm Uh, about
0: to say. Are you about to say, I will email myself private stuff because I can't be bothered to type it into my phone. So I'll email it, copy it to my clipboard, and then paste it into whatever form I was supposed to be using.
1: (laughs) Wars.
0: Grocery list? Uh, no, like, like a password. password or something like oh, that. Oh,
1: good. Me too. Oh, oh good. Uh, it's not just I'm me. I'm such okay. an idiot. Me too. Okay. Go team.
0: I don't know that I really wanted to high five. I, I,
1: I can't, also put my passwords on clipboard.
2: I can't high five that one.
0: <laughs> Imagine though, if you were, you know, because I use massively long, ridiculous passwords. Um, so to type it in on my phone would be stupid. Uh, maybe I need to look at an app that would help me with that kind of thing. Because what if my clipboard was being monitored and sent to some Chinese server? Exactly. So, or, you know, Which, we're using China as the example because it's reality. Uh,
2: but it could be anywhere. It See, could that's be anywhere. why I use Dashlane for all my passwords, and it syncs across platforms. I use LastPass, and I could Even, put it on my phone. Yeah.
1: Even just having the fact that the developer version was being sent out with that, that hidden back door mm-hmm. that makes me think, okay, well, that could actually theoretically happen to any
0: You've got to disclose this, though. I mean, it, sure, it's a cop out. That's a beta version. It's a developer version. You guys are our beta testers. You're trying out uh, pre release software. Mm-hmm. Well, let's disclose the fact that, by the way, if you run this, all your private stuff is not private.
1: Yeah, none That's of
0: it. important. Don't, don't tell us that after the fact. No.
1: But you know who's great at keeping things private?
0: Mm. Apple.
1: Apple has repeatedly made it more difficult to access data on encrypted iPhones, making Apple customers safer from hackers, but also preventing the FBI from breaking into phones used by suspected criminals. FBI forensics ex- expert Stephen Flatley posed the question last last week. At what point is it just trying to one-up things, and at what point is it trying to thwart law enforcement? He also said Apple is pretty good at evil genius stuff and described Apple as jerks with regard to its approach to iPhone security. For example, Flatley complained that Apple recently made password guesses slower, changing the hash iterations from 10,000 to 10 million. That means, he explained, that... Password attempt speed went from 45 passwords a second to one every 18 seconds, referring to the difficulty of cracking a password using the brute force method in which every possible permutation is tried. There are tools that can input thousands of passwords in a very short period of time, but if the attempts per minute are limited, it becomes much harder and slower to crack. While Apple has assisted the FBI in some cases, the company has held firm in its stance that strong encryption is vital for keeping its customers safe. Flatley's comments came one day after FBI Director Christopher Wray called phone encryption an urgent public safety issue, saying, In fiscal year 2017, we were unable to access the contents of 7,775 devices using appropriate and available technical tools, even though we had the legal authority to do so. He went on to explain each one of those nearly 7,800 devices is tied to a specific subject, a specific defendant, a specific victim, a specific threat. He said the problem makes it harder for the FBI in investigations related to human trafficking, counterterrorism, counterintelligence, gangs, organized crime, and child exploitation. Yowzers! Valid points.
0: Valid points, but this is the FBI and I feel come on. like so- Take a different spin here, though. Take a different look at this and say, you guys are making it so secure that we can't access your private data. And it goes back to private data. Shouldn't your private data be private? Be private. I don't like that bad people are using good services any more than the next person. But bad people are going to do bad things. So
1: if the FBI were to actually have a court order... Right, then that would be a different situation, right? But these are encrypted
2: devices. But but it's been been done in the like they've had court orders in the past, and it's become a legal battle. Apple's fought back, Mm -hmm. and and that's where a lot of this really came to a head on how secure Apple's encryption was. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it was like 2015 that this is really a big issue, and and it became a challenge in the courts. So here's here's what I find interesting about this story. We've, we've come into a post-Snowden area, era yeah. where it's been revealed that, hey, Big Brother really is watching you in ways that you could never imagine. Mm-hmm. And so you've got everybody screaming about it going, you can't do that. And now you've everybody has stepped up their encryption game, they've made things more secure, and you've got law enforcement going, hey, now we can't get in. Well, this is right. what happens when you go to... Too far. And I'm not saying it was the FBI's issue, but... but so are you thinking that it's their fault for no, no, making no. us feel like we need encryption? No, no. It's, it's the whole swinging pendulum. So if too much happens to a, for a certain topic, then people start swinging the pendulum the other way and going, you, right. we need to correct this. And we've gone so far in the area that the ability for law enforcement to do their job appropriately and in appropriate circumstances is hindered in certain ways. Now, from personal opinion, from some of the stuff that I've uh, read online, and I I don't just read the basic frontline news, I do dig in further, there's a lot of cases where I think the police are taking, or FBI, sorry, are taking the easy way out going, we just need into this phone. No, you can get that information through other means. There's Mm -hmm. other ways to get it. Uh, Uh, Learn
0: to hack, FBI.
1: In, in truth, to be honest with you, uh, the encryption keeps good people safe from being spied upon. Sure. Yes, it By does. By the bad th-
0: people. R- we'll right. Say, we're generalizing okay. here. But. Right.
1: There is more good than bad. So why are they fear-mongering, saying it's helping these criminals with their crimes, when mm-hmm. really it's more helping the masses of people who aren't criminals keep from being exploited?
0: So then, to wrap up the story, should the question become should and this is a question for you viewers Mm -hmm. should the fbi and other agencies of governing bodies that are in authority should they have backdoor access to that data
1: right good question Tesla began manufacturing solar tiles for solar roof installations in December at the Buffalo, New York factory that it acquired when it purchased SolarCity in 2016. The electric vehicle and energy company said it will start installing the tiles on the homes of reservation holders immediately. Up until now, Tesla's solar roof installations have only been available for their employees. In an email, Tesla said that it had completed its pilot installation program, which helped to validate reliability and weatherization testing. Tesla opened up reservations to the general public last May which required a $1,000 deposit. The company says it will survey design and identify permits permit issues for each customer individually, thus roof costs are going to widely vary. The idea behind the solar roof was to offer a visually attractive alternative to solar panels. Tesla cited homes that are part of the homeowners association which might not be able to put solar panels on due to aesthetic restrictions. But the company also stressed that their product would make sense for non-restricted homeowners as well, particularly due to the superior durability and attractive payback period that an inactive regular roof doesn't have. Tesla plans to work both of the solar roof markets though, saying that they started making traditional solar panels at the Buffalo factory last summer and have so far hired 500 people to keep the process moving. I love the idea of having solar panel tiles. I love it. I bet you that they're not super affordable for me, but how (laughs) great would that be?
2: Actually, if I recall correctly, when Tesla first announced that they had them, they said it would be about the same price as redoing your roof or slightly cheaper.
1: Right, except that now they've changed it slightly. Right. Yes. Because or they've had it's actually 10
0: cheaper. times that. Yeah. Well, and yeah, we'll but 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 considering widely. you maybe will get longer life out of them, and but that's yet to be discovered. Exactly. Yes. It's a claim that we're waiting to find out because it hasn't been in testing long enough
2: to know will these last longer than traditional shingles or right. what I want to know is how is this going to play in with Canada and extreme weather situations. Oh, sure, yeah, they're
1: I, not
0: doing it up here just yet.
1: I would honestly say, remember how that um, in Toronto they're doing the Google neighborhood? Yeah. Is it? I think that they should probably put these solar tiles. All the roofs are up. flat in Toronto. Not in this community, in my mind. Like, they should try it. Like because mushrooms. I, I'd love to see it in action in, in in extreme climates. I'd like to see it maybe yeah. test in either Russia extreme or Extreme
0: climates, like right? Toronto.
1: <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chinese iCloud customers have been notified that Apple will transfer operations of its cloud storage services to the local firm Jizu on the Cloud Big Data, GCBD, starting next month. Apple announced the partnership with GCBD last year and claims the new iCloud operations will help the company comply with Chinese regulations. As of February 28th, Apple will start the transfer of Chinese iCloud data to its new data center in Jizu, where it will be managed by GCBD. This means that the physical location of the Chinese iCloud customers' data will change, but customers shouldn't see any differences on their end of their iCloud accounts. In Apple's message sent to mainland Chinese customers, the company says the new operations setup will enable us to continue improving the speed and reliability of iCloud and to comply with the Chinese regulations. Chinese customers may be concerned about the safety of their photos, documents and other iCloud data because GCBD is owned by Jizhou Provincial Government. Apple's partnership with GCBD is also another means for China's government to control data accessible within its territory. Customers are urged to consider the new terms and conditions of iCloud operated by GCBD, and customers who are not comfortable with GCBD partnerships can terminate their accounts. So China is now just... Chat
0: room's going nuts. So Jeff and I... Are the ones Up. over here uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. doing this.
1: So China's just upping the ante and controlling more information in the fact that now...
0: Apple's is- giving in to uh, China's control. Yes. and so, Because otherwise, what's Apple? Uh, what's China going to do but pull Apple products from the, exactly. From the availability? Exactly. That's,
2: that's just a little market in China for Apple. <laughs> Slightly. S- <little>. Slight
1: market. <laughs> Yeah. So, it's just kind of the cost of progress in the fact that we need, like, by we, I am not Apple, but Apple needs to <laughs> stay Pay up. in stay in China. So, Well, they,
0: like anyone, they want to be everywhere. Right. Everywhere. And China is a massive, massive market. Right. Uh, so, there's not, you know, if the government says bend over, you say, okay.
1: Here we go. <laughs> okay.
2: So, but take, for instance, this show. We have a lot of viewers in China. So say they said hey look uh, in order to play on on web you need to acknowledge that we're being viewed in China or else you can't be played would we not say hey you can watch us from all over the world maybe even it's
0: a little different though when they say okay but you have to also give us all of your users personal information that you collect yes
2: yeah I get that but I mean I'm scaling it down Mm We, we would say, hey, th- like in order to stay in the market, this is a little thing. F- and, and Apple, from a business standpoint, is probably looking at it going, same deal. But from the consumer end, they, is this a little thing to them?
0: It's hard to know, eh? It is If, if you're watching in China or any of the affected areas, then uh, please do comment and let us know. I know it's difficult for you to do so because our YouTube channel is blocked. Uh, Category5.tv is open to mainland China, so uh, we do have co-location there so that you can actually tune in. and um, So you can uh, comment there Mm -hmm. on our website uh, or send us an email live at Category5.tv. It would be kind of cool to hear from you, how it affects you.
1: Awesome big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I am Sasha Rickman.
0: Sasha, well done. Thank you, my friend.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank
0: you. And can you believe that that's all the time that we have? Ah, I mean, it just flies by. Viewer question extravaganza Mm -hmm. is like this. I hope that we've answered some questions tonight. I would love for you to get onto our website, category5.tv. Submit yours. Comment below. Send us emails. Get your questions in, your comments, and see if you make it onto the air.
2: And, and also, you can join our live chat while we're doing our live show. Tonight, the chat room has gone nuts with some of these topics. It's been really, really entertaining. I almost <laughs> don't want to do the show because I want to focus on the over here. It's so funny because I
1: read the news and then I have to go back in the chat room and see everything I've missed. Yes. Because... Yeah can't be in the chat room when yeah. I'm
0: And on. if you want to know what those live discussions are like, because you may be watching this on demand, you may be watching this on cable TV, you can go to our website, category5.tv I always mention the uh, episode number, this is episode 539 mm-hmm. so go to episode number 539 and click the button that says chat logs and Perfect. you can actually read back to the old uh,
1: like oh. what,
2: what was said during the live show That's slightly
1: on. embarrassing because cool. more often than not, it's me talking about how hungry I
2: am I <laughs> <laughs> just to grow my oh, typos mm-hmm. <laughs> My fingers move faster than my workings and (laughs) (laughs)
0: but that is indeed all the time that we have folks thank you so much for participating in tonight's show and uh we look forward to seeing you again next week so take care good night have a great week Bye. bye